Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Tony Newmark, and we're on Parsha Chov team. Purely shot. Let's go. So Parshat Shoftim, the first Aliyah in Parshat Shoftim, is broken up into these four sections, and I'm quoting these four sections from the Gutnik edition Chumash, um, and I'm going to go through these sections right now. The four sections of the first Aliyah is the appointment of judges and police, prohibited structures and offerings, punishment for idol worship, and authority of the high court. So going through the first section now, appointment of judges and police. The Torah begins to say that we should appoint judges and police officers over ourselves. Uh, for the city that God is giving you. So in each city, there should be judges and officers, and they should have certain guidelines. Some of these guidelines consist of no perversion of justice, um, no showing favoritism, and not taking bribes, because bribery blinds the justice and the wisdom. So the Torah begins to say this. Next in the next section, the prohibited structures and offerings. So following the appointment of judges, the Torah goes on to talk about um, not planting trees or monuments near the Mizbeach because you know that God hates them. So you should not set these things up for yourselves. Um, you should not offer, in addition, you should not offer to Hashem any ox or any sheep that has any kind of blemish or any kind of mark on it. Um, and these uh, are the different distinctions that Hashem has uh, given us. And this is what the second section is talking about. Third section, punishment for idol worship. So, now we have appointed judges. We've talked about no idol worship and, and uh, uh, no putting on monuments of idol worship or trees. And now what is the punishment for idol worship? So, let's say someone is found worshiping the stars and bowing down to the stars. So, the Torah goes on to say, if there's someone found among you in your city, this could be a man or a woman, and they are found worshiping the sun, bowing down to the sun, the moon, or any heavenly body. Um, and you go through the process and you investigate this process and you find all the evidence that is necessary and you find that this person did indeed commit idol worship. So what should you do? You should bring that person, the Torah continues, you should bring that person who has committed this evil, you should bring them outside the gates of the city and you should stone them. And who is the people that, that are going to, who are the people that are going to be stoning them? Um, they are put to death by their witnesses, by the two or three people at least, it cannot be one person, two or three people should be the first to stone them and then the rest of the city will continue. Um, and then the entire city will rid themselves of this evil of idol worship. Fourth section of the first aliyah, the authority of the high court. So the authority of the high court, if there's a law that um, you as a local community cannot come to a conclusion, the judges and the officers cannot make a clear distinction with the ruling, you should take the journey up to the um, place where the high court is, uh, it's not exactly specified, and that should be the place that Hashem chooses. You should take this to the Kohanim and the Levim and to the judges, um, and you should give them this case and question them and ask them for their advice. And you have to listen to the words that they say. Whatever their ruling is, you must listen to it. You, they will tell you whether it should be this way or whether it should be that way. Uh, and that is the process for bringing something to a higher court. And you can't divert from what they say. Once 
you bring the case to their ruling, it's completely in their jurisdiction, uh, and then you must listen to them. And if someone intentionally disobeys what they say, and they don't listen to them, um, and this case, which is brought to the higher court, which is chosen by Hashem, uh, then that person will die. Um, and in the same way, you will eliminate the evil from among you, from among Israel, uh, similar to the words of uh, what was said about the idol worshiper. Uh, and everyone will hear about this case and everyone will hear that this person went against the ruling of the higher court of the Kohanim Levim and the judges uh, and they will be afraid um, to do the same. The second aliyah is kind of a short aliyah uh, and it's just one section according to this Humash uh, and that's the section of appointing a king. Appointment of a king. So, when you come into your land and you want to set for yourself a king um, here's how you should go about doing it. You should always set a king over you uh, that God chooses. Hashem has to choose who the king is, and the king that you should appoint has to be from among you, from among your brothers, it says. Uh, so it cannot be a Gentile, cannot be a convert. That's what the next passage goes on to say. Uh, but there are strict guidelines for this king as well. Some of the guidelines are as follows. Um, the king cannot acquire so many horses for himself. Uh, and then he should not also bring people back to Egypt um, because you should never return there. That's what Hashem says. That's what the Chumash says. So horses, he cannot acquire a lot of horses um, and you should not bring people back to Egypt. Um, he should not take too many wives for himself. He should not have too many wives and he should not have uh, an acquired uh, too much silver and gold. So those are the four strict guidelines that the Torah goes on to say right away when saying you should appoint a king. Um, and what you should do after you are appointed king and you are sitting on the throne, the king should write two copies of the Torah for himself. And one of the copies, um, and he should write this in front of Kohanim and the Levim, one of the copies should be left with him. And he should read it every day so that he can learn the fear of Hashem and the commandments of the Torah. And this way, he will have the words of the Torah with him always, and he will not be too arrogant, so then he will be able to reign in his kingdom for a long time in Israel. Third Aliyah is even shorter. The third Aliyah is the rights of the Kohanim and the Levim. The third and fourth Aliyah kind of touch upon this, uh, but it begins in the third Aliyah. And it says the Kohanim, uh, who are, are from the tribe of uh, the Levim, they're from the tribe of Levi, they have no portion um, in spoils. Okay, so they get no chilek, they get no portion. And what does that mean? Uh, they should also not have any inheritance of the land. The Kohanim should not have any inheritance, inheritance of the land uh, when they take it over in war. Now, the Kohen doesn't get any of these portions, but it does say that God is the inheritance of the Kohanim from the descendants, descendants of Aharon. Uh, and these are the Kohanim's rights from the rest of the people. That the uh, ox and sheep, when they are slaughtered, um, certain meat should be given to the Kohen. Uh, and you should give some portion of your grain, your wine, your oil, and some, some of the first shearing of the sheep should be given to the Kohen. Um, because Hashem has chosen these people from among your tribe to be the servants of God, to be the, uh, the, the sons of Hashem in terms of serving Him to be close to Him. The fourth Aliyah continues with these priestly matters. The fourth Aliyah talks about when a, a Kohanim come to uh, certain cities to do the service of Hashem, when they come out of their gates into other cities for Hashem, they should also eat equal portions besides for what is sold. So the fourth Aliyah continues with the next section that is titled in this Chumash Prohibitions Against Fortune Telling. 
And I'm not sure if these translations are exactly correct, if they're an interpretation, but I'm just going to read from what this um, Humash translates to, and you can look into it more if you'd like. But I'm just going to read straight from these translations. So when you come to the land, um, you should not learn the ways of the nations around you. Um, and there shouldn't be anyone who's found to do the following things. Um, and that's pass their child through fire, practice um, stick divination, acts on the basis of fortuitous times, um, certain divine practices, practices of sorcery, certain divine acts with animals, um, or turns to um, the, the practices of Ove or Yidoni, um, and um, consults with the dead. So these things that someone um, should not be doing, these are the practices of the other nations that you should stray from. And whoever does these things, um, and this goes against God, um, these are abominations against Hashem, um, and these are what is driving out these nations before you. Um, but you should go with the ways of Hashem and make sure that you stick away from the practices of the other nations around you when you enter this land. The fifth Aliyah, the Aliyah of Hamishi, talks about two different sections in the Chumash. In, the, in this Chumash, it is uh, split up into two sections, True and False Prophecy and Cities of Refuge. So the first section, we're going to talk about True and False Prophecy. So Hashem says, while these nations around you, when you're settling, settling in this land, are doing all these divine sorcery things that I did not say are good, that Hashem did not say is good, um, Hashem will establish a prophet from among the Jewish people. And Hashem will uh, speak the words that he wants to say to the people through this Navi. Because it is said before, um, through their journey, that they didn't want to listen directly from the words of Hashem. They wanted someone from among them. So Hashem said, okay, I will establish a, a Navi for you. And the Navi that I established for you, you have to listen to, to his words. And anyone that doesn't listen to the words of the Navi who I appoint and I am giving my words to them, um, you will be punished. Uh, and then the Chumash goes on to say, however, if a prophet goes and intentionally says the words that are wrong and he intentionally um, gives false prophecy, then they should be put to death. Um, and you could ask yourself, how do you know um, if someone who is, claims himself as a prophet is real or not? So they will give their prophecy and if what they um, say is their prophecy, if that comes true, then you will know that he is a prophet of Hashem. But if it does not come true, um, then you will know that that will be my declaration of saying that this person is a false prophet. The next topic that uh, we're going to be touching upon is the cities of refuge. So. Hashem says that when you get your land, you should separate three cities that are equally spaced out throughout the land that are designated specifically um, for someone to go to when they kill someone in the following cases. So here are the following cases that a person can flee um, if they kill someone accidentally. So if you give someone uh, an accidental blow, if you hurt someone accidentally, that you didn't hate them for it. It's it's coming out of something that was completely accidental. Or if you're, let's say, in the woods, the Chumash brings down that if you're in the woods and you're chopping wood and you uh, swing back your axe and the iron flies off and hits someone unintentionally, if you cause an unintentional death, you should go to one of these three cities that are designated to. And the reason that these cities are designated is because there is, uh, there can be someone who's seeking out the murder of someone. So if I am close to someone who was killed accidentally, I can go seek them out. But the person who accidentally killed someone can go escape to one of these uh, three cities. 
Hashem also adds that you should put in three more cities so there is an even more likely chance that you can escape to a city if you killed someone by accident and you should go to one of those cities. But Hashem also adds if a man hates someone and he intentionally kills and you go up against them and you kill them, then if he goes to one of these cities and he tries to escape and he tries to be protected, uh, the elders of the city should send him out and take him out from there and he should be killed by the person who was going to seek him out and trying to avenge the blood of his close relative who was murdered. And you should not have pity on the person who killed because if it is, if it is an intentional murder and he goes to the city of refuge, he is not innocent, he is guilty and he should be taken um, and be dealt with there. Next Aliyah we have is Shishi. The sixth Aliyah, it's split up into two sections according to this Chumash. The first section is territorial fraud and laws relating to witnesses, and the second section is preparation for a war. The first section we're going to talk about, um, it begins with this Pasuk that's saying that when you go into this land and you designate the borders, you should not go into your neighbor's borders. You should not extend these borders. These are the borders that God has determined and is giving you as possession. Next is talking about witnesses. So, one witness cannot stand in court. It has to be two or more witnesses. Um, and a single witness cannot uh, testify. If a false witness is attempted on a person, then two witnesses, two men should stand before them in front of the Quranim, in front of the judges, uh, and they should testify against this witness if, if he is false. And they should cross-examine, and they should find evidence, and they should see whether or not this witness who has testified against his friend or against his brother is actually a, a false witness. And by doing so, you will find all the true evidence, and you will eliminate this evil of false witness in your court. And when it is found that someone is a false witness, the punishment for them will be whatever the false witness has intended for the person that they are testifying against. And... The Torah goes on to say that you should not pity this person, you should not pity this false witness, uh, because they intended this to be done on whichever person that they are testifying against. And the Torah brings down uh, in the Pusuk, So, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, and a foot for a foot. So the next section of uh, Shishi is preparation for a war. And the way that this is mapped out is it says that if you go out to a war and you're going against your enemies, do not be afraid. Even if they are more numerous for than you, even if they have more horses, more chariots, more everything, more men, more weaponry, don't be afraid because Hashem's with you. This is the God that took you out of Egypt. If you can handle that, then you can handle any other nation that you go to war with. Um, and when the Jews are lined up and ready to go to war and they're in preparation for war, the Kohen, the head Kohen should go in front of the people and he should say to everyone, don't be afraid, don't panic, don't become scared. Hashem is with us, God, your God is with us, and he will save you from your enemies. And after he gives this speech, the officers will go in front of the people and they will ask the following questions. First, is there any man who built a house and hasn't lived in it yet, just in case they die in war and another man lives in their house before them? Second, is there a man who made a vineyard and hasn't had any use for it yet, just in case they die in war and some other man uses it before them? Third, is there another man, is there any man who just recently married a woman and hasn't had the opportunity to have a marriage with her yet? Um, let him go back, just in case he dies in war and another man then marries her. Then the officer should ask the people, is there anyone here who's afraid? Let them go back so that they will not cause any trouble at war. 
because they need everyone at war to be prepared and ready. Now, in the seventh aliyah, we have in Shvi, there are two sections here. The first section is making a peaceful proposal, and the second section is an unsolved murder. So, for the first section of Shvi, it talks about if you go up to a city, and you propose to wage war against it, the city can have two options. First, you should say, we want to make peace with you. That's first and foremost. And if they respond peacefully and say that we want to make peace with you, then everybody in the land has to give you a monetary contribution. And then they're going to be your servants. But if they say that they don't want to make peace with you, and instead they want to make war with you, so then you should take over them. And don't fear because Hashem will be with you and he will destroy your enemies. And you should kill all the men of the city and you should take for yourselves the women, children, and livestock, and that will be for you because God has given this to you and he has protected you through these enemies. And this is what you should do for all the cities that are far from you. They're not in these borders that God is giving you, but all the local cities. Um, Hashem commands that you should not let any soul live. Rather, you should utterly destroy these cities. Um, these cities consist of Hachiti, Hamori, Haknani, Haprizi, Hachivi, Vahayavusi. All these different cities you should completely destroy because their acts are an abomination against Hashem. And the final section in Parshat Shoftim, which is in the seventh Aliyah in Shvi, if someone is murdered and they are found in the middle of the road of the land that Israel is waging war against, and they don't know who killed this person, what will happen is the judges will make a perimeter around the city, the elders will take a cow and bring it to the valley, and bring it down to a valley and break the neck of the cow. Then the Kohanim will say the statement that our hands did not cause this bloodshed, nor did our eyes see it. And the Kohanim will say that you should atone for your people, and you should be redeemed, and Hashem should redeem the people of Israel. And this way, uh, you should eliminate all evil from among your people, that no innocent bloodshed should be found among the people of Israel. This was Parshat Shoftim. Purely Pshat, I'm Tony Newmark, have a great Shabbat.